So welcome to part two of our episode on No Ego for Better Work and Lives with Cy Wakeman. I'm just delighted to be continuing our conversation, Cy, on how we can uh, live better, work lives, personal lives, and transcend the ego. So my first question for you is, how has the pandemic been an opportunity to evolve our work and lives? So I am fully aware that so many people have been impacted in extraordinarily ways. Um, you know, people are grieving the loss of loved ones. Some of us had the privilege to work from our homes with good internet while others did not. Um, and yet I believe that for all of us, the pandemic was a beautiful time out to take a look at all the amplified conversations about race. And it just, it was like the universe said, you all need to go reflect on yourselves. And I'm really seeing the people that took that to heart and said, wait a minute, my external environment doesn't predetermine the outcome of this moment or my life. And, um, so I think for so many of us, it's been an opportunity to evolve. And I know my work when the pandemic first hit and um, I had a relationship completely fall apart. My business seemingly fell apart. I had, um, I was alone and kind of stranded in Mexico. And I remember intellectualizing my feelings like this is horrible. But when I went inside and said, let me get in touch with what I'm truly feeling, it was pure bliss. I'm like, burn, baby, burn. This thing <laughs> needed to fall apart for a long time. It wasn't sustainable, whether it was my relationship or my business. And this quote that said, barn burnt down, now I can see the moon, Okay, became like a spearhead for me. And so I wow. think the opportunity for all of us is to design to curate the life we desire instead of accepting the life that busyness has given us or external achievement has given us to like really take a look and um, evolve into that. And I remember doing a reflection exercise where it's um, like, I've lost my business. You know, that was like, my, I'm a speaker, I'm a researcher, like, we had hundreds of conferences canceled and I'm thinking I lost my business. And as I really tried to emphasize and I turned it around, I'm like, oh my gosh, I found my business. My business is peace. My business is curating a life. My business is, it went from speaking to supporting people in their mental well-being, and, and coaching in ways that I worked with clients 30 years ago. And so it was so interesting because I didn't lose my business. I found my business. And I think yeah. that's the turnaround. That's not just toxic positivity, but it's the turnaround as you go in deep to, through the grief, you come out the other side yeah. with profound revelations if you work that. Beautiful. This is just so inspiring to hear. And the pandemic brought me to meditation, which I'd never done. I just didn't have the time. <laughs> right. So I got asked to do a 21 day Deepak Chopra, uh, awesome. 21 days of gratitude towards gratitude. And uh, with a group, it was a global group and we did it together. And, and then ever since I, I made it a habit. So Deepak and his app are part of my everyday morning 
ritual. He is such fabulous, fabulous work. In fact, we're just working on an app and inspired a bit by him where instead of just giving you a bunch of business knowledge or how to impact the external world, we have in a business app meditations about, um, you know, focus and so many of the, he does such a great job with that. Beautiful. Yeah. And I think we can no longer separate work and life. I think the rise of the human centric workplace is here. And some people, leaders are kicking and screaming about it. Because yeah. um, it but is We have messy. to realize it's our messy. way wasn't yeah. working. Yeah. When I first worked like 20 years ago, people were like, yeah, we can't get too personal. They had separated mm -hmm. out yeah yeah professional Keep development that. from personal yeah yeah and i believe that was the work of the ego how convenient right <laughs> mm -hmm. to only we made something taboo at work talking about your own evolution and and instead it's all about how do we develop other people it's very conventional mm -hmm. evolution is how do we transcend together and so yes. now that that's coming back is so exciting for me me too I've been, yeah i've been sneaking it in there for the, a long time <laughs> well you've been a pioneer right like little house on the prairie getting it <laughs> right and now it's becoming a global topic and it's such an opportunity for the work that we're doing collectively sai um, so my next question is about, you must have incredible energy. People say that about me too. You must have incredible energy to do all you do. So Sai, I want to know what your work-life wellness looks like and what has been the biggest challenge and how you've navigated that just so we can learn from you. So in the beginning, one of the ways I believe in energy management, I believe a leader's role is to manage the energy of the group. And I believe it's very important to uh, manage your own energy. And Marianne Williams, I think, said, um, you're not the electricity, you're the toaster. Like, so like, if you're not plugging into the source of energy on a regular basis, like, we all think like, we're self spontaneously generating our own energy. And so it's all about the the plugging into source that I think is so important for energy but i learned early on how much energy we waste that i could conserve outside by not leaving the present moment so anytime we're in what we call the not now so we're in the present moment and then we remember the past so we jog over there and we bring it back with us and then we worry about the future so we jog over there bring it back with us and so we're moving through like always the past and always the future if you just skipped all of those trips <laughs> your energy is profound and the cool thing is is in the present moment when you tap in that's where the energy source is and so um i also um i'm an introvert so i have to do a lot of renewal and recharging and so my energy i have to really i like to i choose to really look at not just over giving um and over functioning and um so energy can to to have the energy to do the important stuff involves self-reflection it involves attention to boundaries so that you aren't over giving or you're not um having like energy vampires um come into your life it is being self-responsible for your energy rather than the mercy of your circumstances so i now focus on managing my energy by only planning days that I can do um, peacefully without kind of violence towards myself. So gone are the days where I'll fly the red eye overnight. And so I've had to now take a look at for the life I want to create. What am I um, 
willing to put on the table and say yes to. And it has to be something I could do peacefully without resentment and without um, skipping one of my habits or dedications and without harm. And I imagine that's come with some bumps and some challenges. Oh, yeah. and, um, I've raised four boys and I've been a, a founder of my own business for 25 years. And I've learned the hard way. I Pre-COVID, I was on the road five days a week and um, thinking it shouldn't have to be this way. I love seeing people, but I shouldn't have to fly to your city for an hour because you're not comfortable with Zoom. You know, and people are like, well, people can't pay attention for an hour. I'm like, these are the same people that binge watched Netflix last night for six <laughs> hours. And the content was horrible. My content's super good. I bet they can pay attention for an hour and we don't have to like all come together. And now people are discovering that. Yeah, it's, that's been a beautiful awakening for sure. So what would you do if you didn't need to sleep, Sai, and you could use that extra time to do something? Oh my gosh. I just, I like sleep so much. What would I do? I am a, a, a reader. And so um, I'm trying to find a, a different answer because I know exactly what my nature would do. I would read more. I would, I already stay up too late reading. So I would read, I love written word. I love the conversations that people are having in written word and have had for centuries fiction or nonfiction so interestingly enough i read a ton of both and okay. poetry i read lots and lots of poetry i listen to lots of poetry um so i love fiction and i love nonfiction that has to do with like self-exploration and spirituality not self-help as much because i don't really believe i'm a project like i'm not some project to be completed but Marianne Williamson and Eckhart Tolle and Byron Katie. And, you know, there's just so many great um, authors out there. And there are books like Return to Love. I read every year, every January, you know, to ah. start. And now there's so much that, um, you know, is out there that isn't, I mean, podcasts and, and all of that. So a surprising thing is I don't read a lot of the business books, you know, and because um, I think business books are really encouraging us many times to be externally focused and to think that we can have mastery and arrange the world to our liking. And they just don't fit. So I read a lot of other books that I bring those concepts to the table. So, so speaking of that, can you name us a few of your favorite books in any genre? Oh, yeah. Anything Anne Lamont writes, which is okay. kind of fiction, nonfiction. She wrote Traveling Mercies, and she just has this incredible way with words. Um, any poetry, David Watts, his series, he does a monthly series, three Sundays a month is scrumptious. So Mary sorry, Oliver, can, there's so many I, new up in David White. Sure. So David, David White, White is a poet. Okay. And he does each month, you can just Google it, a reflection, um, a series of like three Sunday um, talks that are based okay. in poetry. Fantastic. Padraig O'Toole. Um, I listen to On Being podcasts, so very um, amazing work with Krista Tippett and the On Being um, podcasts are some of my favorite. Anything Byron Katie. Um, Byron Katie does things daily that you can sign up for and get the recording and it's fantastic. So 
Wow, beautiful. And you have your podcast. So tell us a little bit about that and where to start because you've done so much with it. You have. Have We've huge... had so many seasons. Yeah. So it's the No Ego podcast. And um, if people want like the basics of my philosophy, they can go back to season one. I really just give all the free tra- training away. Now you have to understand it's a little um, pre-pandemic. And so I don't talk a lot about loving people up before you call them up because I assumed that was happening, but now it's even more important to love folks up. Um, so I would start there. And what I'm it, during the pandemic, I did a lot on what true resiliency looks like. And, and now I'm calling an, in guests that are helping us just deal with our current situation in the world in um, healthy ways. So that's the current for them to listen to. Beautiful. Well, I'm looking forward to listening to more of the episodes as are the listeners here. So another question uh, I have for you, and it's actually my final question is, if you could have one wish for a better world when it comes to people's work and lives, what would it be? So a lot of people, you know, think heaven is something that happens after we die. Like happiness is like something we'll finally get to. And for them to realize that depending on the state of their mind, um, heaven's right now, right here, it already is. And it's just there for you to tap into. And so when I think about a better world, there's two things I wish for, actually. One is that people get really competent in impermanence, welcoming what's new and letting go of what's no longer serving them, that they get much better at letting go and actually grieving. And the second one is that we really understand that polarity, anytime somebody seems other than us, is a big ego play. And so many people are like, you know, well, there's this side and that side, there's two camps and what camp are you on? And I just want to help everybody understand there's not two sides. There's not two camps. There's one camp. It's us and animals and the world. Like people get so stressed out because they actually believe there's two camps. There's just one camp. And the solutions we need to look for are ones that serve the one group, not um, a group, a subset. Yes. Well, well put. And I think this notion of fear. So this is something that we've been talking to more with organizations, at least up here in Canada is about fear about going back to the office. And, and I know the U S is a bit ahead in terms of integrating back into offices, but there's this great fear that's been mounted around COVID. And it's almost like it's it's getting in the way of living. And I just wondered any final thoughts on that and, and how people sure. can deal better with, with this because it's here to stay, right? It's here to yeah. stay. Um, and there's all these tools about, first of all, seeing reality for what it really is. So when we're in an unpreferred reality, people do one of two things that doesn't help their well-being. They either just hope for a different future. They're like, oh, I wish my boss would make us come back, or I wish we didn't have to. Or they argue with reality, this is not how it should be. But there is this space between an unpreferred reality and a different future. And it's a small space. And that is where your agency is. That is where you need to occupy to bridge an unpreferred future to a different um 
vision. And so as I talk to people, they're like, well, I'll come back to work if you absolutely guarantee me that I will be totally safe. And I'm like, well, I didn't guarantee that before COVID. And I said, but what are you willing to do? Well, I'm not willing to get vaccinated. I'm not willing to wear a mask. And I'm, it sounds like you'll be unsafe at your own hands. No kidding. And it's like, well, I want to come back, but not have to do any of those things. And people want this third option is the work of the ego. You see reality for what it is and you take actions that can impact it or you radically accept um, the way of it. If the Dalai Lama says, if you don't want suffering, mm -hmm. you have two choices, radically accept mercy, tolerance, um, go deep into it or move to have impact. But most people want a third option. I want to just like vent. Or I want to just like um, bend reality, like in my favor. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, that's not a very evolved way to move through the world. So I think there's a lot of tantrums going on from many places. And what it's revealing to us is how your way right now is working. So if you're happy and content, your way is working. If it's not, and you mm -hmm. consistently run into being asked to do things you're mad about, you can yeah. look at the screen or you can look at the projector. I would pick yeah. the lens of the projector. Absolutely. What a great final point. And we've covered some really important territory on both parts of this uh, episode. And it is so relevant what you're doing. And thank you, Sai, for what you're doing for the world and for human beings, whether they're in organizations, whether they're in, not in organizations, it doesn't matter. We're all human beings and we're all one, you know, one race, the human race. Yeah. The human race, right? Yeah, yeah. So you are very evolved in your thinking, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally about who you are. And I can see that. And I really admire that. And you've really inspired me today. And, and a lot of people when we release these episodes. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Dr. Laura. I look forward to getting to know you even better. I think we're kind of kindred spirits. I agree. And I'd love to meet you in person. Get this book signed again. No, there ego. you go. And we'll get um, you the new book. Yes, I, I'm going to pre-order that. And I recommend. Oh, I love it. I just heard it's up for pre-order. So, so very exciting. So thank you for being here and stay well. And thank, thank you to you. our amazing Likewise. team maria stamp who's an amazing person who a lot helped sigh to get here in terms of all the planning and steve rokosh uh, my podcast producer and and teal marsani for making this happen as well thank you team yes thank you thank you so much for joining us today on where work meets life I'm passionate about sharing insights from experts around the world on topics at the intersection of where work meets life. If you found this podcast useful, please share with others who may benefit and engage with us on social media. For more articles, information, and tips, sign up for my monthly newsletter at my website, drlaura.live. This podcast summary contains links to the psychology practice I founded. Work Evolution, Canada Career Counseling, and Synthesis Psychology, as well as my current employer, Humans, a nationwide organizational psychology firm focusing on culture and performance. Stay well.